Welcome to the Dellingpod with me, James Dellingpod. And I think I am excited about this week's guest, actually. I really am. Um, I, I love him very much, even though we've only met on a couple of occasions. Um, his name is, well, his Twitter handle is Sudan of C, but his real name, I can divulge, is Dan, Dan Cure. And Dan, you, you, you started out as a fan, but you've become a kind of celebrity in your own right. Well, I think that's 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 being very kind, James. Uh, yes, uh, I think we probably met last year at the um, podcast live. I think, if I remember, we, that was right. that was exactly it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, actually, that was through uh, Midlands Libertarians. So quite a number of us, which uh, is Third Wednesday, Dick's, Third Wednesday, Dick's, yes. Dick's, the, the thing that my brother dick has has organized the, the libertarian drinks which has really taken off the thing i like about libertarian drinks well one of the things i mean you know the company's nice and all that and the drinking's nice um i sound like an expert i've only been to one <laughs> but it's really nice being able to be among people where you don't have to check yourself every few seconds to make sure that you haven't offended somebody by by some microaggression Yes, I think you've got it absolutely right. I mean, so so this is a. I think Dick deserves a lot of credit with this. And again, it started out on um, on Twitter. Uh, he he put something out there probably about a year ago now and said, um, you know, who's interested in meeting up? Probably Worcester. Uh, a few of us replied, and um, uh, we. T- I mean, I I don't live in Worcester, but I used to go to school in Worcester, so it was it's about forty minutes for me. Turned up, and there was a lot of people like myself who were milling around the bar looking like they they were waiting for somebody else and the great thing about dick is that he uh, he's pretty easy to spot he, he is, if you've he? never met him before i mean he's you know i think he was there with his beret and his enormous <laughs> mustache disguised in his beret yes exactly because yeah. um, most people wear beards to disguise themselves don't they but dick's beard is his yes well he should have shaved brand. it off really during lockdown and gone reverse yeah no one would know who he was no no no, no they wouldn't no. it's it's weird isn't it um that the, I mean, how would you describe... You get a really mixed bunch of people, don't you? I mean, like a vicar? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we've had... I, so I would say that there's probably um, 10 or 12 regulars, those yeah. who are there every, every time. And we've got to know each other really well. I mean, there's a WhatsApp group and we've, we've done things other than just Third Wednesday. But then there are people who... Um, might turn up once or twice and may, maybe they come from further afield than just you know the, the midlands and we've had all sorts of people i mean there's people on the left people on the right people who quite honestly are not particularly political but they stumble across one of our twitter profiles and and you know they just want to turn up and they just want good company and and as you say you know be able to talk about anything openly without feeling like you know they have to stumble over their words and they're about to be tripped up at any moment um and i think that's the key and um it was it's grown and grown um we had i i think at uh the one in december which you you came along to um that was really, really busy. And then I, I thought to myself, well, you may be in January, you know, everyone's gone back to work. A lot of people stopped drinking in January and maybe it's a bit, you know, after the Lord Mayor's show, but that, that was just as busy. We, we could barely get any, uh, any table. So, and there's always new people. I think that one, actually, we had Tattoo Man 
you missed him. Oh, I missed uh, well, is he Has he got tattoos by any chance? He Yes. How did you guess? Um, he... I think I left at probably about 11 o'clock and by that point I think he'd stripped off almost naked and um really yeah yeah he was sh- he, there was a story behind every single one of course um, yeah yeah and and he told them all I <laughs> He imagine. told them all and I thought well I, I yeah I need to go home now but uh no that's good though that's good I I I I like 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 the idea of of, of tattoo man that I I think a lot of people there I the, what really struck me apart from how delightful everyone was was people are really quite high-level intelligence and be quite quite informed about stuff. Now, I mean, I didn't expect people to be fans of mine to be thick as pig shit. But <laughs> yeah, it's not that. But I mean, you really are a bright lot. Well, yeah. I mean, and, and again, there's lots of different people there. There, are, I mean, they're, they're, and there's all sorts of um, of topics. I mean, of course, when when we first uh, started, we would have been in the um, the whole Brexit mess. So, so that would have been the topic of the day. I think probably, I mean, Boris might not even have been prime minister at that point. So, of course, a lot of a lot of um, dis- discussion, I think, was probably political at that point. But yeah, I mean, people have got all sorts of interests, and you know, we. I mean, you. you well, may have... I know you say all sorts, but I think I think if you drew a, a, a Venn diagram, I think tanks would be. In yes. The well, I was just about to say tanks is a particular favourite. How um, do you reckon that is? Well. I think you have to be honest. I mean, we're good at war. Yeah. I mean, th- th- you know, I know that's not a fashionable thing to say. And I, I think... Do you think, do you think we're better at war than the Germans? Well, I mean, you know, the facts speak for themselves. We've had two cracks at it. and Because uh, there, there is a German member, of course, of the, of the, of, and, and very hot she is too. I mean, marriage, yeah. uh, but she's, a, she's an enthusiastic member of the group. Yes. And have, you, have you broached this subject with her? No, I, I didn't think it was the, the best approach to make but um no i i think you know i think most people can concede in the world cup of war um it's it's two nil yeah it'll be I a mean, bit yeah but yeah, that's, how, a, that's how, a broad how, statement wait a second well that is a very broad statement because you're missing out well it's in a narrow statement actually, yeah because you're missing out key factors you're missing out the french yes you're missing out the spanish well, you know, who, who are both strong contenders for our for our uh Ancient, and not to mention the Scots. Well, I, I, yes, of course. And actually, just on the French, I mean, Dick, when it comes to... He has a soft spot for all things French. Um, so when, when it comes to, um, you know, tank warfare, for example, he doesn't like it being pointed out that um, uh, you tended to see the back of French tanks, uh, not, the, not the front. Um, but yes, I mean, if you go... But, but having said that, if you go back beyond just the last century, I, I still think our, our war count is is you know is reasonable i mean we're, we're holding our own i think over history when it comes to to warfare um yes e- even when you you consider the french and um well most war's been been against the french hasn't there's, it there's there's a sort of the embarrassing element of the american wars yes but i, I like to yeah. think of the i i i can explain that away quite easily but the americans are ba- basically us they're british just with different yeah you know, different country. They they took a, a turning off at one point and just went their own way. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah and I, I think well that so there, there's another topic we, we veer onto, which is the US and and Trump. And That's, um, you, do you do you find that people in the group are are pro Trump? Yes, um, but Trump's an interesting one because it's so. I would say in the hierarchy of of topics that are. Um, be careful what you say. Be yes. careful what you mention, unless you know your your audience, yes. you know your crowd. I would say, 
Trump is is ahead of Brexit. In other words, it would be it, it, it's it's less uh, it, it requires less courage to say that you voted Brexit and you're in support of it, particularly now that it's effectively happened. Yes. Than it is to say, do you know what? I think Donald Trump might be a good thing. Yeah. And then you have to run away. It's a bit. It's a bit. It's only one notch up from saying, you know, people are hard about paedophilia, but actually, <laughs> you know. I, Actually, uh, it's a bit it, like that, isn't it's it? Being it, positioned it's, like that it, very much it, so. It yeah, has. it's extraordinary. Yeah. I mean, I, f- I find that um, the one thing about Twitter is that as as much as I do think it's it's left wing yeah. overall. Yes, there is. There's an insight. <laughs> Twitter it, uh, is yeah, left wow, yeah. left wing. Yeah. Um, but I uh, but I, but I still think that there is. Um, that, that, that you can go on there and have conversations but broach those sorts of topics whereas I think Facebook because of the nature of it because it's so close rank you've basically got your real friends in real life and family and people perhaps through work groups I mean some of the, the constant vitriol I think to myself no I'm not I'm not gonna I'm not gonna dare I, I'm just gonna leave that well alone you know um, yes. it, it's uh yeah, it's a strange one. I don't know to what extent because I, I grew up in the eighties and I remember Reagan. Yeah. Um, but I don't remember there, there was no social media and I didn't have the content. I don't know whether he faced the same level of. Um, he did, Dan. I can tell you. I was at I was at Malvern at the mm. time, which you'd think. I mean, you'd think public schools would be would be conservative in their particularly provincial public schools like like Morven you know where people tend not to you can imagine Westminster say a sort of trendy London yes. London school they'd all be wankily left wing and rebelling against the system but you would have thought that that Morven would be okay but actually I remember vividly um being feeling like you do now talking about Trump that rake everyone knew that Reagan was a dumb cowboy, that he was an actor, yeah, and that he was really stupid, and no one, it, it, no one even questioned that, yeah. that narrative. And I didn't know that much about politics, but I knew enough to know that he wasn't what he was being portrayed as. Yeah. So it's it's yeah, I, and I find it bizarre. I find it particularly bizarre the the way that. The entire mainstream media in this country, I hate using the phrase mainstream media because it makes me sound like I, I've put my tinfoil hat on, but it is. But it, it is, is, yeah. yeah. Um, even the Daily Mail, the Telegraph, when you read their coverage of Trump, there is no difference between their coverage and the Guardian's. I mean, literally no, no difference. It's just absolutely yeah. anti-Trump all the way. Whatever Trump does is wrong. I find that extraordinary. What I mean... Comparing comparing with Obama, Obama was so much worse. Yeah, Obama was a real. I mean, a lot of the bad things that are happening in the world today were were started off on on Obama's watch. Yeah, I, I it's it's strange. I think the difference. I agree. I, I think the difference, presumably, is that the 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 when we talk about the mainstream media now, it's rolling coverage. It's gone beyond we're going to give you the news in a half hour slot and we, we've got to give you the facts because we don't have time to expand on them to, to this 24 seven. I mean, it always, always feels to me like I'm walking past a TV with sky news on or the BBC on. And so therefore they have to go beyond just covering the news. And, um, when I think about Obama, um, really the only thing I can think of that, um, 
everybody uh, w- was was aware of uh, and and talked about um, under his watch was of course Bin Laden, the the, the capture of Bin Laden. Um, in, in that everything else seemed to be about how great and statesmanlike Obama was. It didn't seem to be about what he's achieved. It was it was building this guy up who was, you know, just the most wonderful guy. You know, Saint Saint uh, Obama and. Um, Everything, that I, I think, firstly, with Trump, nobody thought he was going to get in. Yeah. I mean, that that was my personal view. Well, apart of, from uh, me and you. Well, I, I, I thought he would get in, but I, I my my initial um, uh, view was that, ha, 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 he's got in. It's just like, this is going to wind just, up all the right... Just trolling. Thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, and and, I, and he I, hasn't disappointed in that front. No, no. <laughs> he goes from strength to strength. He's our man. Um, and, and and of course, by extension, when I say all the right people, all the people I know um, just privately who, who were, were, were just, you know, launching everything at him. And I thought, ha, that's, that, that's great. Um, but since then, um, there is definitely an... I mean, I, I read something today over the um, the US riots. Yes. A piece on the on the BBC. I mean, while, while I was reading this, I'm not quite sure. But anyway, I, I was. And... Um, I think I shared it on Twitter. It was a narrative around um, this thing of Black Lives Matter, which yeah. is obviously the, the the topic at the moment. And and when you got halfway down, it was just the most puerile. I mean, it could have been written by a twelve-year-old. In fact, that would have been insulting to a twelve-year-old. It was all this sort of inference about um, you know pulling out random stats in this country about the the achievement of of um, black. Uh, pupils at, at school and in the workplace and how actually it boils down to racism and by the way what Trump is doing is endorsing this it was so it, was, I mean, this, was this at the BBC it was on the BBC yes it was an article uh, you, you, you'll get it on the homepage I think and um, I think that has really been the, the way that they've treated Trump they've they've really gone down some some ridiculous uh, rabbit holes to pluck out these very odd things and then they've used it to tr- sort of frame the argument and I, I've got to the point where I, I, I can't get my news from those sources because it just it, it just grates the whole time um, yes yeah the, um, similarly I was reading the an old copy of the um, the Mail on Sunday and I, I like the Mail on Sunday I think it's 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 much sounder than the, than the Daily Mail um, and it's good on good on most things it's good on Brexit, it's it's actually it's, it's probably sold the pass on climate change as everyone has. But I was reading it. Uh, some female reporter had done it, done an analysis of, of of Trump and and the riots, and it w- she was heavily hinting that Trump had inflamed the riots through his attacks on the media. I mean, or rather, she was quoting people who'd said that Trump had inflamed the riots through his, uh, the treatment of journalists and, 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 and through his intemperate language and stuff. And you think, okay, if you, if you wrote for Slate or Salon or, or, or some, some markedly left-wing publication which had the destruction of Western civilization as part of its remit, then you, then you understand. But I don't see how it's healthy for conservative media on this side of the Atlantic, to just go along with the Guardian view of it. I mean, this is the leader of the free world. He's, he, he's yeah. for better or worse, he is our main man. Yeah, I, I think so. But I, I think as well on that one, um, they don't have to be bold because because he's not their president, mm. using that term. Um, I think they can get away with pitching themselves 
at a point where they can be sort of acceptably conservative for the UK audience and they don't really need to, to worry about it. So um, you may have made this point before, actually, so I'm probably stealing it a little I bit. Do, but, yeah, but, it, but, it, but it's like if you are a conservative, it helps to have something that you can just throw there as a just to show that you're not a monster. Right. So. You know, in, in this case, you can say, oh, by the way, I think Trump's a bad thing. And people say, oh, you see, he, he is sound or she is you sound. You see, now we've got, we've got an entry point here because obviously we, we're, we're moving towards the, the, the big subject, the one that really matters, which is your weekly or fortnightly school report that you the write. School reports. Yeah. School reports, which is basically who has had a good war and who has had a bad war in the what, what do we what do we even call this, well, this crisis type the, thing the, invented the coronavirus time i mean it's lame yeah. isn't it it's so the, we can't call it we can't call it the plandemic even <laughs> yeah. even, even though it is because yeah. uh, that, that that's again tent- the era of lockdown the yeah. era of lockdown but the, the the thing i thought of then or i call her a thing she's lovely J- julia hartley brewer yeah who we love very much yes she's she's, she's great um but she does have her weaknesses. And one of them is she doesn't like Donald Trump. Mm. And I don't... Do you know, you, you've probably noticed my pod, policy on the podcast. I don't waste time discussing with people things that they don't like that I do like. Yeah, It's not not interested. I'm not really interested in spending half an hour with Julia, hearing her trot out kind of secondhand received ideas from the mail on why Trump's a bad thing. Yeah. I just don't think, I don't, I don't think, I don't think... Well, there's that plenty her, of that out there already. There's, there's plenty of <laughs> yeah. that already. I don't think, I, I mean, maybe I'm misrepresenting I don't think Julia could come up with a really cogent explanation as to why Trump is a bad thing. I mean, she might come up with a sort of vulgarisms or something, but beyond that, I don't think mm. she'd be very good. And and, and I, I'm, I'm convinced that, not consciously, but subconsciously, Trump is her get-out-of-jail-free... Card. Yeah, I think you're right. I think it is for a lot of people. A lot, a lot of um, sort of you know d- journalists, um, you know some some of the commentary. I th- I think um, one of the interesting things with the list, um, which which started out just as a list, and as you say, it's become a bit of a, a, a weekly thing, um, is that there is not necessarily a direct correlation to things like Brexit and people's. Um, stance on the whole coronavirus lockdown situation and all the implications that, that come with that there is for some people but the others um they've gone a completely different way um and it's it, it's it's an interesting one and i have some theories for that but uh, but i but i think ah, it's just yeah i'd love to hear your theories um well i think with brexit if you think about it it was um it was a known issue. It was a known topic that that went on. I mean, for some people, it had been um, ten or twenty years in the making. In other words, they they had they were absolutely of the view that for for a variety of reasons we were better off out the EU. And of course, the the twenty sixteen I think it was referendum came uh, came up, and um, there were so many reasons for leaving that. Um, that they'd had time to prepare their case and and talk through all the arguments and think about it. And then, of course, when that referendum result wasn't implemented, um, you had this strange alliance form between all these various people from the left, from the right, some people not political at all, who grouped together and said, we might want this for different reasons, but the important thing is we want it. And um, I think what we've seen is that alliance has broken apart. 
probably earlier this year because to all intents and purposes Brexit has, has happened sort of um, and suddenly this has come out of nowhere nobody knew this issue was 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 going to to be there and everybody's on the back foot and they're having to to to, to suddenly think on their feet have an opinion on the hoof yeah. right and that's where this this falls down and actually as as negative as that point might sound i think on the other hand um to have people who were on the remain side of the fence suddenly come up with with sound opinions and and views towards this i think is quite heartening because it shows that actually you know it doesn't need to be about one topic you you can bring people back together well let's let's talk about that for a moment um because that's interesting i i agree i i've been heartened uh to discover that people who i would have considered to be until very recently my bitterest enemies people actually who some of them had vowed never to talk to me again or at least you know just just really had, had dissed me a lot um in print or whatever yeah um have suddenly become people i admire my allies and and the example i I think i've given before is it's a bit like the moment in fiends of the eastern front when um captain constanta and his vampires um change sides so that they were on they had hitherto been fighting with the germans um because they were the allies of the the soviets but then they became the enemies of the of the the Germans, and that's how it feels like. You know that that well. I suppose it's how you feel. Discover the vampires are suddenly your friends. Yeah, and I I think um, the interesting thing is going to be moving. I mean, assuming that we're not locked down forever and we do return to to something like what the way that society was it, it's surely it's all about the next theme of the day the next topic and how are people going to react to that you know whether it's um whether it's the economy such as it is i mean there isn't really economy at the moment but um uh, or, or whether it's it's um decisions that need to be made over things like china for instance well or, i think this is all i, I do, do you know i i, th- I feel and and brexiteers get really annoyed when you say this because because for them it, it was everything is that I, I think Brexit is kind of gone as a, as a as a an issue really. Yeah, it has. and I think as well it was supposed to be the start of something else, and that yes. something else was was the thing that we could do as a country. And I, this was something I noticed when I did the MPs list um, that there was I, I think there was so much effort and and time put into making sure that every single MP who was elected for for the Tory party in back in December, was so on topic, so on message, and that message was 100% Brexit, that I'm not sure what some of their credentials were beyond delivering that message. And they're probably not either. Well, no. I mean, and and you see this because I, I, and I've gone on to every single 365 of the MPs on their Twitter feed, well, the ones that are on Twitter, and they have the same background banner of, of stay at home saving lives all branded and themed with the nhs the same hashtags they they retweet the same um conservative uh, approved messaging yeah and it strikes me that that's great for getting brexit over the line but not much good for, for you know because the other thing of course is that many of these people are in the uh the, the so-called red war um constituencies and and, and they, explain what that is for benefit well, of american yeah listeners? so the red wall is is essentially a a, a geographical um 
sort of spread of, of, of the UK, probably from the Midlands up through to the, to the northeast. And it's it's a lot of um, regions where previously, for, for a long, long time now, they've had a Labour MP. Um, and that's because they've typically been... I mean, this is a, this is a broad broad generalization but they are seem to be working class their their values are values that the labor party have held um you know mostly around sort of economic values and and you know the welfare state um and having said that they um they overwhelmingly voted brexit and the labor party were not in favor of brexit so the last election was very much fought on that topic and so it allowed the conservative party to make gains in those areas, and for the very first time, or certainly in, in many generations, they they had uh, MPs there. Um, whereas a lot of the inner cities, particularly London, Birmingham, Manchester, I suppose, have gone fully left wing because it's a it's about the inner cities, it's about the universities. So it's a big sort of paradigm shift of where these um, where the, the the sort of strongholds for the for the Labour Party and the Tory Party have been. Yes, I was thinking of. You see, it, it, it's so suddenly this thing's happened that 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 it's it's it. I mean, it seems like only yesterday that one was looking at an MP like Dehenna Davidson mm. uh, and thinking she's exactly the kind of MP the Tory Party needs. She's she's kind of well, she's very pro Brexit. Yeah, she's, she's young. She's young. She's yeah. no nonsense. She she tells it like it is, but she's just become another yeah another. COVID-19 NPC they're just yeah very much so nine. yeah and, and also doing things that are completely unnecessary yes they're tweeting out all sorts of virtue signalling nonsense about um, all sorts of things I mean and you just think why are you doing this you're not with you've won your seat you've got your support you, you've become an MP now it's time to be a conservative yeah what, what are you doing can you remember what the virtue signalling stuff was about oh it was um it, I think it was like you know rainbow, trans related. Thi- like we're, it, it we're was back to that thing, aren't we? It's it, the, the conservative MPs tweeting out rainbow trans bollocks or, oh, happy happy um, Eid, everyone, or or, or um, yeah, or, or you know, I hope your fast is going well yeah. for you know, or, or even or attempting to fast. It, yeah. that, that was the, the yeah. that was the, the attempting the to yeah. f- that was a particular preoccupation of kind of Labour and Lib Dems, Lib Dems, yeah. Lib Dems yeah. you know. Yes, I'm struggling to 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 fast from. Yeah, I'll have my from gonna, dawn I'm, till I'm going to have my bacon sandwich now, and then I'm going to fast for Ramadan. Yeah, it's it's uh. it, and it, it's kind of thing, you know. We, on our side of the argument, we don't hate Muslims. We don't hate trans people. We don't hate gay people. In fact, you know, some of my soundest conservative friends are gay. Um, we don't, but we don't have to come to virtue signalist bollocks about. Well, this is it. It's. I, I don't think. I, I, the the thing that they don't seem to have learned is that the one of the, one of the again going back to Brexit. The big thing with Brexit was that there was a. Uh, a misrepresentation in in the House of Commons between the people who were supposed to represent everybody in the UK, the MPs, and the rest of the country. There was this big disconnect. They don't represent us. They're not, yes. you know, they're they're not um, they're familiar with day to day life in the rest of the country outside of Westminster, and yet. They've moved past Brexit and they're still showing that, you know, these are not things that people talk about. People haven't got a problem with all of these things, but it's just not the theme of the day. It's it's I think sometimes better to say nothing if you if you haven't really got anything to offer. And there's plenty that they should be offering, by the way, because our economy is in such a state right now 
that I think really if, if you're an MP and you want to do something useful um, you shouldn't really be bored I mean you shouldn't be looking looking for these virtue signaling opportunities there should right. be plenty to fill your day right now well you see that what they're doing is that is they're after stuff to, to ostensibly political stuff like trans rights whatever or to take a position on to, to, to give the impression they're doing their job while studiously avoiding anything that really really matters and isn't that the whole problem with politics we've had in the last 20 30 yeah years? yeah I think you're right but I, I think as well um, again it, it there does seem to be um, a, 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 a very controlling element to, to government right now and yes. it's like black box politics I think mm. we've seen it over the lockdown you know there's we have these scientists and they and, and Boris Johnson or Dominic Rabe whoever happens to make the appearance at that ridiculous daily briefing thing where where people get questions they're flanked by scientists who who are who are like bodyguards um you know and and as soon as somebody it's asks like a bodyguard a of lies yeah and as soon as somebody asks a question that the political side the politician will take and and then they'll they'll kind of uh uh, delegate to the scientist to cover the bit that, that you know it's like could you turn to slide 23 please and we think oh no okay I'm going to die but you've actually watched these things have you well they're on they're on in our I, I don't put it on apparently, but apparently some people watch them yeah yeah in fact yeah. I, I, my dad told me that lots of people watch them insomniacs yeah. I've never seen I, one I, I, I swear to you, I have never, ever seen one. Is that bad of me as a journalist? No, no, not really. Well, you learn nothing. I mean, you'll see, this is this is stuff that you, you I think you could pick it up within, you know, a uh, 20-second scan of a, of a tweet. You don't need to sit through. I mean, it's so turgid. Um, but I but I think that this is the point, that they, they are so controlling. There probably are Tory MPs out there right now who are thinking, look, just give us some information here we want to be able to go back to our local businesses not necessarily um just you know uh, joe blogs because joe blogs has been furloughed on 80 percent of of his salary yeah and has got a south-facing garden and netflix and i mean i don't mean to be you know mean but let's let's be honest you can order anything online um and it's quite a nice time to be to be locked down if you have all of those sort of comforts but i think um you know, the local businesses who are at the moment um, thinking desperately, how can we stay afloat? Because we've still got to pay our rent. Yes, okay, we can get grants, but those grants are going to have to be paid back. We were already operating at a very low margin and we didn't have much tolerance to, to you know, to get through financial difficulty. Certainly not this, you know, what we're going through now. Perhaps they're a seasonal business. Um, and you know we're in a season right now, and if you miss the boat, I mean, I'm thinking of leisure and, and tourism, um, and those people are going to be writing to their MP, they're going to be emailing their MP, and they're saying, look, we need a path out of this, and I get the impression that there is a huge disconnect between the few people at the top around Boris who are who are who are advising and guiding on on this uh, well exit from lockdown supposedly and and you know everybody else who who wants some answers um and it's it's quite disheartening i'd be i'd be incredibly depressed to be a local business right now yeah well particularly if it were in if you were a pub or yeah. a, a cafe or yeah yeah as you say anything that was i mean i wouldn't like to be somebody who, who'd um who made most of his years taking us at, at glastonbury that would be a bit yeah a bit of a blow or yeah or wimbledon yeah yeah I I find it really really shocking that looking at looking at your list you did of the MPs that how 
pitifully few there were that were speaking out. I mean, there's about three, aren't there? There's Steve, Steve Baker? Steve Baker, you've got Lucy Allen. Lucy Allen, you yeah, see, she... Lucy Allen, I think she's going to deserve... Well, how many points did you give her? Uh, she may have been a one or a two. I yeah. think Steve Baker was a one, and I think there were, there were a couple of others who... I mean, Ian Duncan Smith was was okay. Um, there were one or two others who were okay, but they've wavered. I mean, I, again, I, I you know they're they're three or four at best. Um, that's that. So three or four kind. out of how many Conservative MPs? Well, three hundred sixty-five. So, so yeah. Just 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 for anyone who doesn't know Sedan of C's list, although why you wouldn't know about it, I really don't know. It's like not knowing. <laughs> about the the snake tempted Adam and Eve or, or that water's wet. It's that know. level it's, of it's common that, knowledge, yeah. That level of common knowledge. But yes, the 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 better your war, i.e. the sounder you are, the lower points you get. And and really, yeah. has there ever been less than zero? No, although I think there's a few contenders on the, on the main list. I think I think we can come to the, that. Yeah, that, yeah. that could be an exciting thing that people can be looking forward to later on in the, in the right. podcast. But for the moment, so Lucy Allen, you see, that, yeah, I, I, I don't think we can we can emphasise enough just how magnificently brave she's been. Yeah, she ha- she has been. She needs a lot of credit. But but I I also think that um, if you go back six months, some of the people who we see at that well, you don't see because you don't watch it. But the, but the Daily Briefing, yeah, um, people like Dominic Raab and Pretty Patel's another one. Yes. We would let's suppose I'd done a Brexit soundness list. Yes, they would be ranking very, very well. They would be scoring very, very well on on that. And yet, they've got into well, they were in government already, but they've got into senior ministerial positions. They have a, a the, the you know aside from being the prime minister, they have got the biggest sphere of influence that they're going to have. And yet, what have they done? They've they've sort of they, we could have anybody there. They've done nothing. They've you're right. There's there's we, those of us who put so much faith in Pretty, she was our kind of Margaret Thatcher Mark yeah. II. And Dominic Raab, you know, a lot of us were saying, well, you know, I, I would really, in an ideal world, Raab would have, would have won the, the Prime Minister contest because he's really sound, he's dry yeah. and he's got... But none of these people, none of them has been... Yeah. Yeah, it's and been I, so epically disappointing. Yeah, I mean, the bit I don't know is is to what extent is has that been has that spirit or that um, have that have those uh, elements of sound has been crushed out of them yeah. by the by the hierarchy by the civil service by the by presumably the you know uh, Boris and his advisors. How much of it is just cowardice? Because you get into that role and you think, oh, okay, well, it's easy from the sidelines to be. Uh, you know, a purist, but actually, when you get there, it's harder, and I don't really have the stomach for the fight. And I, that bit, I don't know, and um, that's why I, I make that point because the likes of Steve Baker, Lucy Allen, you know, what would happen if they got into? Would they just be another? Um, uh, you know, there is that thing they say about putting people on the payroll, which means giving them a, giving them a job, working for the government, MPs, backbench MPs, putting them on the payroll, and suddenly you buy them. Yeah, that's certainly the case. But do you think, if if you or I were MPs, I can't really see us doing that, can you? No, I, well, I'd like to think not. I mean, I, I... It's that thing, it's the, it's the, would you tell the Nazis work that you've got Anne, Anne Frank hi- hiding upstairs? Yeah. And lots of people, <laughs> lots of people would. 
she's in the wardrobe. Yeah, or, she's behind <laughs> behind that the partition. Should be the test. Yeah, it's well. Yeah. This is what I my 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 friend. Um, I, I've got a um, friend called Susanna, and um, we often used to ask, we mm. used to. I think I used to play this game with Alan de Botton as well. We used to judge people: would they have betrayed <laughs> the Jews, or would they have hidden them? And I think gradually over the over the decades, we've, we've built up a much clearer picture of who would and who wouldn't. And basically, yeah. we now know from the general reaction to lockdown, ninety five percent of the British population would have shot the Jews. They, yes. they just would have done. They, they, you know, yeah, yeah. Of course, they're in there. Yeah, it, they wouldn't even even because we've seen this through the through the the Stasi shopping your neighbours for well, taking that, too much exercise and yeah and that that bit to me is the worst worst of it this like this sort of snitchy curtain twitching mentality you know i i and we go back to, to libertarian drinks i mean there's a there's a scale of libertarianism and um you know i wouldn't like to say that i, I mean i've met some what you might call extreme libertarians yeah they're weird yeah um, oh weird I, I I, i'm not quite that. at that uh, no, no. that level but I, but i think that the biggest thing for me is that i just don't mind what other people what other people get up to is is very much there and as long as they're not hurting me or hurting other people and i i i'm really uncomfortable with the way people have acted in in this whole thing you know the thing when you see um, images of people walking down a narrow pavement with a stick to, to, to denote the social distancing length and you can't go, you know, you get poked out of the way and, um, you know, people who have, have recorded people coming out of their house more than the the, the number of times that's prohibited, uh, that, that's allowed by the state, you know, it, it's just, that's depressing. It is, it is depressing. Not least, of course, because it's also completely unnecessary. Yeah. And, look, we all went... We've all wet the bed at some stage. Well, uh, I mean, I certainly did. Early on, mm. when I believed the stuff coming out of China or other, or perhaps when I I didn't know the reasons behind why China and Northern Italy were bad. I think that was fairly well cleared up mm. by the um, Dolores Cahill yeah. podcast, for one. Um, when when COVID-19 was an unknown quantity, and it could have could theoretically have been... Spanish flu mark two mm. then I think we had reasons to 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 worry but, but there's there's so much evidence now that it's all just a, a yeah. hoax basically yeah that, it's, that, it, that, yeah. that it's, it's bad it's it, it, it's like about a flu and it can it, and it can be bad if it if it affects you in the wrong yeah. way but otherwise yeah I, I agree I, I I think I mean and again you know this thing about you know lockdown skeptics I I, I don't want it. I don't want to be ill. I mean, of course not. Nobody does, and particularly if it's a if it's a new disease, a new virus. But I think you know, common sense took us a certain path, and then I can't remember what the date was where it felt like the whole government machine went into meltdown. Um, and apparently, the general public led this because the general public wanted to to be locked down, which. I can't help thinking. Well, that was slightly fueled by what the media were doing. I by think the way. so. I, mean, yeah. I think. I think. I think. Look, I think. When when we come to analyse what what caused this collective bout of madness, which led to the most unnecessary government policy in history, causing the biggest economic disaster in history, and I think you know people are going to want to know why that was. I think the media is going to be. Probably number one on the list, even more than yeah. the politicians. And I, I don't understand it because, you know, I, I know people who own newspapers, and I, 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 I like them. I, I know senior journalists, and they don't seem to be very, very stupid. 
and yet somehow collectively our media has just they they've stoked this hysteria yeah and, and they haven't they haven't run any counter arguments i mean you, okay so you get like controlled opposition in the form of certain columnists certain sort of licensed right-wing voices have been allowed to suggest that well hang on a second this isn't the whole story but the news pages have throughout been relentlessly hysterical yeah uh, i again i mean there are some theories on that i think um from the point of view of the, of, of the tv channel so i'm talking sky BBC, I mean ITV, Channel Four, but let's be honest, Channel Four is a bit of a. I mean, I don't really take it seriously. It's they're, they're just. It's like sort of CNN. It's it's like mini CNN. Yeah, um, I I think that there is a big ego involved, and the ego is that they saw themselves as the most important element um, in in this country, mm. and I think they took uh, a battering over Brexit. You know, they they threw the kitchen sink at stopping Brexit through the way that they were portraying it, the people they interviewed. Um, the, 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 I mean, if you went on, if you were mad enough to go on to, on to, to one of those news channels and get a, get, you know, get a and a from Kay Burley or um, Adam Bolton or any of these people, you, I mean, that took some doing because it was just, just relentless and yet they lost. Um, and yet here is a golden opportunity for them to come back and a prove that in their mind that they're the most important influencer in in the country because of course they're what we see the whole time they're that they're the people putting the questions to the government um and also force through a bit of their narrative which is the sort of you know they quite like the big state they, they do they like control and authoritarianism and they saw a lot of that going with brexit and i think this is a big opportunity for it to come back and then so that that's kind of my take on it but then i think you have individuals who even at that level have 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 surpassed themselves with with their beha- i mean piers morgan is is, is the how best many example. how many points did piers morgan get in your scale he's well i think the last update he was over 800 so this is that's quite impressive on yeah, a scale of, of, of one, one to ten. ten yeah ten being one the one worst ten, yeah yeah 800 eight about 800 but i mean that was the last one i i've, I've yet to update it so i think he could get more yeah, I think so. I don't. I don't want to prejudge. No, no. I think I'm going to have to do that thing where you can't actually put the number. It's like a there's a formula to to denote that that it's a number infinity. that's beyond. Well, basically infinity. Yeah. That's that's good. Yeah, yeah. Well, you could do that. So just tell me about P- Piers Morgan because what? Yeah, he Piers Morgan. I th- I think up to probably last probably the general election last year was um i suppose that the sort of quintessential yes no character game character right yes. in in that he he would have his moments where you thought yeah okay yeah he might be a yes so for instance he said that he voted remain but he was very much well no we need to respect this you mm. you can't you know you, you you have to carry this out which was in fairness to him it was not the, the you know uh, was not particularly common um but I, I personally never felt particularly comfortable with him i i felt that he was always a you would never trust him no over anything. It's, it's a bit like like fred west pulling you out of a swimming pool when you're drowning <laughs> and you're sort of grateful but you don't really want him to yes. be your mate afterwards no no um 
particularly if he pulls you over a patio, for example, it, to dry out. It, exactly. Or you'd down be, into a cellar. You wouldn't be thinking, no. No, no. Um, good, good point. So he, um, he, he was always a bit of a dodgy character. And then um, suddenly, right at the start of this, he, he had a complete meltdown. I mean, he was cranking everything up um, to, to, to sort of you know, levels of, of hyperbole, you know, this is the worst thing ever, you know, this is like the black death on steroids. Um, he changed his profile picture to, to an NHS logo, I noticed on um, on Twitter. Yeah. And he's, he's seen himself as the absolute champion of, of the NHS and the, the, the weekly clapping and the, uh, the lockdown should be harder, it should be stricter, it should be longer. Um, you know, government ministers... Uh, who who appeared on his show in the early days? I think he's he's. Uh, I think the government have said they're no longer going to to send ministers on to talk to him, and he doesn't want them. But um, in the early days, he was he was just flogging them to death o- over this, saying, you know, you need to you need to be more draconian with it. And he's just turned. I mean, he's just horrendous. And I think this is part of the thing with the list. Um, I don't. I'm very tempted from time to time to see the likes of Pierce Morgan post something and think, okay, I'm so incensed by what he's. It's so absurd what he's posted. I'm going to, I'm going to reply and and actually give him uh, the, the 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 validity of of having actually a, a, a response. And I think no, it's that absurd. It doesn't really warrant a response. It doesn't dignify a response. And so, all I'm going to do is um is just be vaguely satirical with my lip because what what can I do you know I I agree with Piers Morgan I I'm so disappointed in him that I would never ever wish to be in the same room as him again I mean I mean literally I think he's that he's that bad there are there are Mm. there are some bad people in the world really bad people I think Bill Gates is one of them I think George Soros is one of them yeah I think Piers Morgan is 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 one of them there's 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 a few more people who i i I just think are fundamentally conducive to to ill that that they're they're forces for evil basically and and i I was asked actually at the weekend whether i wanted to come on the breakfast show oh really well yeah there was there was a there was a a nice nice pr girl a nice girl who does the booking for the show and and she said do you want to come on and i and i checked the name of the show and it was the same one that piers morgan's on right and I just replied, lol, <laughs> no thanks. <laughs> because th- the problem is that you. one thing I've learned um, from uh, Interalia, my, my Andrew Neil experience, is that you never, ever want to put yourself in a position where um, they've got the... Where, where they're holding the reins and the best you can do is, is to... Your best escape route is di- to disrupt, but generally, if you play the game with them, then they've got the whip hand, and you're probably going to be at a at a well, you're inevitably going to be at a disadvantage. And in that situation, I mean, he just he just sort of rants at you and doesn't let give you. A, oh, he's a awful. Edge. He's awful. Yeah, he is awful. Uh, funny enough, actually, that that's that's another thing. Um, it, 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 the mask seems to be slipping with him beyond just this particular situation. I mean, I've noticed he's turned on Trump because I think he was a big supporter of Trump, actually. Oh, yeah, yeah, he was, on. he was. That yeah, was he's one of his his USPs. He was the only the only um, TV journalist in the UK yeah. who could get access, quality interview time with Donald Trump because they were mates. Yeah. And now yeah. he's got rid of that. 
Yeah, he has. But he, you're right. I mean, he's. Um, uh, I, I would have liked to have seen you on that program. By the way, that would have been ent- would. entertaining. But I, but I'm w- I'm with you on on um, on why you wouldn't do You'd it. You'd like to have seen children fed to the wolves, wouldn't you? In a, no, in well, a, I like Circus Maximus. I, I li- well, no, it's more that I like to see. I like to see different people on trolling. That I'd, I'd like to see you there with a bit of a smirk, trying to wind him up. But I know that they, you wouldn't have had the opportunity to that's, do that. That's the problem. Yeah, he he rants at people, and even and this is this is where I say I don't think he was sound to begin with going back um there was a point last year where there was some uh controversy over churchill there was somebody coming out saying that winston churchill was a white supremacist and he was hitler he he was hitler basically yeah (laughs) churchill Uh, was hitler yeah literally he was literally yeah um i can't remember who it was and anyway this came out in the media and pierce morgan challenged this guy to come on to, to his breakfast show and he I mean, okay, I was with Piers Morgan in terms of we both agreed that Churchill wasn't Hitler, but he made the the, the most pathetic attempt at trying to argue his case. He just, he, he lacked, it should have been so easy to, mm. to make that argument, and yet he didn't have any any charm, he didn't have any, uh, he just shouted this guy down, and I thought, well, actually, you've, do, it, it, you've not really done the cause p- much good to here. To be fair, Dan... I've just been. I, I feel. I feel really embarrassed about this because I'm supposed to be kind of literate and and stuff. I've spent the last three months, three months reading one book, which is Andrew Roberts. Oh, the ch- I, yes, I've read it. Yeah, of Churchill. And well, okay. Well, well you, I'm I'm nearly at the end now. And as you'll be aware, there are lots of talking points about Churchill's life where which the left has seized on as evidence that he's racist that he that he was behind the bombing of dresden that um that he was behind the bengal famine those are those are, i think though and, and of course him him uh destroying the the greek communists in 19 in december 1944 they having been our allies up until that point and unless you're on top of the detail Unless you know, for example, that you know he didn't—he was barely aware of Dresden. That 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 it was that the area yeah. bombing was the policy, and 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 we, we we see from his notes at the time that that it wasn't, you know, it wasn't a thing, um, or that you need to know all the details about the Bengal famine. I mean, I was on a—I was on a in the days when I used to do the BBC, which I won't anymore. I mean, absolutely—it's mm-hmm. it. Uh, and I tell you what, I tell you what, the final—the final window that closed for me today. When I read that um, they're cancelling eggheads, oh really? And I, I quite, I, I even though Jeremy Vine's gone a bit, he's got he's gone a lot more political recently, mm. um, which I think he's wrong for a. Be- you know, I mean, I mean, he he was much better when he was apolitical. I wanted to go on eggheads with the team because a I wanted to to take on the eggheads uh, and and b I just thought it would would have been quite fun. Now that the BBC's closed out because they've decided that they want young people. Yeah, like young people give a shit about the BBC. Um, what was I saying? Yeah. In the days when I used to do BBC programmes, I went on that programme Sunday morning, Sunday morning, sort of, it's got a kind of quasi-religious theme. And there okay. was a discussion about history and should history be taught, should we, we be taught positive history about Britain or negative history and there was an Islamist there I mean you know a kind of borderline ISIS supporter right. and he was banging on about the the Bengal famine 
and I didn't have the facts at my tip fingertips because it's quite it's quite obscure. Yeah, and it happened in the war. It was it, it, during the you know, 1943, was it or 44? It was towards the yeah, it was towards the end, I think, when there was a lot going on. Not, and, a lot going yeah. on, and and there were Japanese submarines torpedoing yeah. um, cargo ships. It yeah. wasn't simply a question of yeah, let's give everything to the starving. Yeah, Bengal. I mean, there was a hail of machine gun decisions that had to happen in in in, in quick succession. I mean, I, I that that Churchill. I mean, he's done a fantastic job, by the way. On good old on, Roberts. On, yeah, yeah. I, I think part of the thing for Churchill. Um, was that he was well he was very cavalier i mean that was a, that was the theme that came through the book i mean there was one point where he was um uh he he was uh in charge of the admiralty in in world war 1 yeah and um because of the sort of the way that gallipoli went he um he, he lost that role and although he was still an MP, he said, "Well, that's it. I'm not much use here. I'm going off to fight." That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And 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 you think that's what we'd have done, mate? Well, of course, yeah. yeah. But still, I mean, cre- I, you know, and and then you have this sequence where he's essentially in in the trenches, and you know, there, there is a succession of near misses, and he's shrugging his shoulders, thinking, "Well, you know, if if I get taken out, I'm I'm no better than than those around me." And and then, of course, a few months later, he's back in one of his wonderful houses, smoking cigars, drinking champagne. And he had this sort of carefree attitude to life that I think he took into World War Two. And I think that really winds people up on the left because, hey, this is war. You have to be, you know, you have to be ashen faced and miserable and, and treat the thing like it's gormenghast for, for years on end. And you can't possibly have a bath in the afternoon and you know enjoy a brandy because of the stress of the situation so in a way he trolled he trolled the left like like donald trump does. even back then maybe yeah. he was more of a trump character than a, yeah than anything else yeah yeah that, i like that i like that completely random random churchill digression we both having read the book um but it wasn't what i wanted to talk about i can't remember what i, I did want to talk to you about um how do we get there uh well we've maybe we we skirted around the in and out of the list we were on pierce morgan at one yes, point yes we were yeah. so, so so okay so can i just go right right back because i got distracted by captain constanta as i mm. do because there any opportunity to mention vampires i kind of yeah. like to squeeze it in what i'd meant to say was the two remainers who've very much impressed me were matthew paris who'd who'd frankly lost it completely i yeah. mean Every column he did in the Spectator was about why he was embittered about Remain having lost. Yeah. But he's he's been absolutely rock solid on the lockdown. Yeah. He thinks it's a bad idea. But Lord Sumption, yeah, Jonathan Sumption again, one of those lords that I mean the the judiciary was completely on the side of Remain, wasn't it? Yeah, to, to the point where we, we we felt like we'd got the kind of legal system akin to a banana republics, um, and. But Lord Sumption has been immensely sound. Yes, yes, he has. I, I think um, I think that's quite heartening because, yeah, if you go back, probably may have been a year ago, it, it felt like democracy had been sort of outsourced to to the courts yes. in this country, and not only not any old court, the sort of courts that Blair had set up in the style of, you know, the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court, a Blairite invention, yeah. It's like we want to be, not only are we in the EU, but we're going to replicate the way the EU works in in this country. So, yes, that is heartening that they're not all kind of people who are going to um, uh, ride roughshod over, over, you know, uh, democracy and... and, um, 
What was the name of... I can't remember her name now. She had the spider's brooch. Now everyone's got the spider Baroness image. Hale. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, she's not sound, is she? No, no. I, no. I mean, yeah, I, I don't want to want to rain on your parade there, Dan, but we've just named one judge. One, yeah. one retired judge. Yeah, I mean, I'm clutching at straws. <laughs> you, 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 <laughs> yes. Yeah, okay. So Paris, Sumption. Yes. Are there any other... But they're not on Twitter, though. They're not no, on they're Twitter. Not on so Twitter. the list has... So far, um, and, and I, I have only, I think... The only person I've so far added to the list who's not on Twitter is Rod. Yes. Because he's um, he's wobbled. Well, so I think do you think before we do before we come to the wobblers because I think that's that's very sad. We're going to have to we're we're going to have to bite the bullet I think on this one. Yeah. Uh, and there are a few names in the Hall of Shame. Uh, yeah. They haven't got their names on on the notice boards on the um, the prefects or the Victor Ludorum or anything have they? They've just no, in well, they, gold they, letters. No, I, I think so. The the way that the list has evolved, you've got um, goodies and baddies essentially. Yeah. Um, now the baddies, and I'm going. This is where I'm going to have to restructure the list because it just doesn't work properly anymore. Um, the baddies, well, they're kind of all baddies, right? So you kind of expect you're not really expecting anybody to to be sound in there, and of course they're not. So it's just a whole list of the the worst people on Twitter. I think of the sound people. Um, you know, you you have people, uh, for instance, like like Julia, who has not been great. Uh, no, well, why? She, what do you explain why she's not? Been well, great? she, I say she's not been great. Maybe it's unfair to pick her out, but she's wobbled. I, I've seen some things where she's, um, she's been in favour of 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 lockdown. Um, already, she, already a black mark. Like, yeah, exactly, and and not really. Uh, you know, if, I mean, she has a radio show, which I don't really watch, but I, but you see the, the the snippets on Twitter, and if people challenge her, she's she's very, um, well, she's very bedwetting about the whole. You know, if we come back too quickly, and I think particularly overcomings. You know, I, I mean, my view. I, I think broadly speaking, I mean, you wrote a few articles over overcomings. I think we agree that, you know, he's been, I mean, if, if he's been the architect or one of the architects of this lockdown, then that's his black mark, not the fact that he... He broke know, the lockdown. He, he broke the lockdown. Because yeah, that's frankly, so pathetic. Who, who yeah. wouldn't break the lockdown in their right mind? Yeah, right. But but she's focused on the fact that he broke the lockdown and, and he therefore needs to go. And, um, yeah, there's there's been a few things like that. And um, Okay, so, so, I, I, so, so... So that's not great. I, I think... Um, uh, you talked about Andrew Neil earlier. Andrew Neil's been awful, and and I wouldn't say he's wobbled. He's just basically been he he's just basically been regurgitating, um, you know, government talking de points. death. Yeah, but, uh, but yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like here's how many people died yesterday. Isn't it awful? And oh, by the way, here's how many people died in this other country. Isn't it awful? It's like yeah, okay. Well, have you got anything else to add? I mean, this just seems to be uh, a depressing list of death. Do you think um, it's a function of his age? Possibly, he's a sort of in and at riskish yeah. category. Yeah, perhaps. perhaps. But, but you're right that, that we we've always thought of Andrew as being this fearless person, mm. and he's just been a bit kind of, and also, also ready to question question the, the official narrative, and he's just become a what sort of government shield, yes, really? Effectively, yeah, he could he could just be a cabinet minister right now. He could, um, yeah. Um, 
and so yeah and and then of course on on the list as well you have um people who are not necessarily media pundits or, or commentary app but they are um they're, they're the sort of twitter celebrities i i like to call them and um there's been some good performers and some not quite good i think let's go through the uh, talk, talk me through the the bad performance because i think that's that's more interesting in a way and, and 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 explain why you find this shocking or surprising or whatever well I think um, who can I pick out who would be who's had a really bad war? Old Old Holborn, um, who has got quite a following. I believe he's somewhere in Eastern Europe, um, and he tweets out he's he's supposedly a a libertarian rebel uh, who's in favour of you know small state and freedom and all this sort of thing, and he's really been dismal over over this. Um, I, I wonder whether it's because uh, he regards the country that he now lives in as being superior to, to this country and they, they seem to have a, a, a lockdown but um yeah it just feels like those values of soundness and um being robust and having a bit of backbone and, and a bit of context to things yeah he, he's he's lost it really so but, he's scoring back okay so old yeah but old Hoban, he's only he's only really known to kind of twitter obsessive yes yeah, what, so, what, yeah, what about yeah. the names come on because i mean i think you you can do this i can't because a lot of these people are my friends and, I, and it's like oh i see it's, well, it, well, it's a, <laughs> thing is dan it's a bit like war is hell yeah we, we agree with that yeah and we know that courage is a wasting asset okay yeah and we know that there comes a every man has his breaking point or woman um but and yet there's something you know you don't condemn them exactly but it's very disappointing when somebody um holding the foxhole next to you suddenly starts blubbering and wailing for their mother yeah and and and, and then runs away which is what's happened yeah Go on. So, so well, I'll give I'll give you two examples of people who started badly, and one has gone on to to get very much worse, and the other has gone on to get very much better. So, I would say Alison Pearson and Isabel Oakeshott both started, I would say, questionably. Uh, in other words, um, you know, full of panic. We need more lockdown. This situation is terrible. Um, you know, basically bedwetting. And Isabel, since then, has carried on down that trajectory. Everything that I see, at least, has been has been questionable. Alison Pearson, on the other hand, has ha, has uh, really pulled it together. She's written some really sound articles, particularly in the last couple of weeks over over the return to school, um, and the fact that you know we need to pull ourselves together around you know children and the and the risk to children uh, having this virus and and the school environment. And she scored. She's gone from probably. I would say a, a seven or an eight on on the scale, up to probably one. I think she was one at last time. It's whereas... always nice, isn't it, when somebody who's well, somebody who's been given the white feather, basically, then goes out to um, to the Sudan, yeah, and redeems themselves at the Battle of Omdurman, yes, uh, or wherever. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I think they both. I, I think Alison would appreciate that uh, that well, analogy. Yeah. So, so Alison is definitely one of them. Uh, uh, so, lesser version of that is, I was reading the Telegraph business pages the other day, and I, I saw that Jeremy Warner, yes, has gone from bedwetter to yep. lockdown skeptic. I mean, okay, he's an economics editor. He ought to bloody know, have known that yep. four four weeks ago, but 
better late than never. Still, if you can, yeah, I think if you can, t- uh, uh, th- that's the thing that heartens me because we can all be wrong about things, but it's but it's the U-turn um, and the ability to, to, to think about it and reflect on it and say, do you know what, actually... I, I need I need to rethink this and um, not not an I, I my theory is that too many people have the ego that doesn't allow for that change of course um, politicians especially I mean politicians you're, especially, are you yeah. ever going to this is one of Peter Hitchens point isn't it that that until the government admits that it's made a huge mistake we can never get back to normal we can never we can never have sensible policy yeah because everything the entirety of government policy now is based on the idea that coronavirus is still a thing, still a threat, when we know it's not. We yeah. know it's just not a problem. Yeah. And and it's not a question of, oh, do we have, do we follow the WHO recommendation of one metre or do we do two metres? The distance should be no metres. Yeah. We should open everywhere yeah. now. Yeah. But you're never going to get the government to admit that because they're still busy doing reputation management aren't they yeah they are and i i I, and and the other factor in this is boris because boris i I think again you go back pre-election a lot of us had really high hopes for for boris because we we i think we saw all his good points yes we did probably were a bit blind to some of the 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 negative points i mean i I hold myself in in that I'm no, me too. I was terrible about ignoring his negative points. Yeah, and he's. Um, where is it? You know, if you think of someone like Thatcher, she um, uh, she was essentially a signpost and not a weather vane. She was always pointing in the same direction. In other words, she had a view, and if that view happened to to um, uh, to grate a little bit with certain members of the public, or you know, she would be quite happy going out there and defending her view. I think with Boris, he just wants to be loved too much. Yes. And I wonder whether that's a horrible um, combination of, of factors to bring into the, to this um, lockdown period that we've been in. And of course, right at the critical moment, he, he gets ill, really badly ill. And you don't really know what was going through his mind when he was in a hospital an nhs hospital yeah. with surrounded by nhs angels and uh they are and, angels and, aren't they Dan? yes I'm they are. You said that I'm glad you large got, got angels that, got but that. yes yes <laughs> um but at least you can see them yes. um but um yeah i i I, th- I think all of that came together and now of course he's he, he's going to be influenced by by by, by all of that by angels yes exactly and he's got uh, they, they're spinning around his head like 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 in a like in a, uh, a Tintin cartoon where Snowy bashes his head, yeah. and you just see all these kind of well. Now stars I'm thinking of more like those sort of cherubs in those in those Renaissance. Uh, oh yeah, Pooty. L- larger. Um, oh, I see. Yes, yeah. yes. What? But are they blowing trumpets and stuff, or what? Possibly. Yes. Yeah. Only on Thursdays, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice one. Yeah, um, you're right. So. Uh, the government's not going to bring... Yeah, I was just working my way through mm. the... Uh, getting back to our... Because we like a digression. Yes, we yeah. Try and get back on track. So, who would you say has been the biggest disappointment? Somebody who you thought would have been really sound on this and Ooh. just really hasn't been fighting the fight? Biggest disappointment? I, I, I think... Um, 
I would say the biggest disappointments are probably on the MP list because I think, in, in all honesty, on the main list, what I'm seeing, apart from those one or two exceptions that we've, we've talked about, we're seeing people's, people using the situation to force through their own agenda. So if you are, for, for example, Owen Jones, yeah. this is an opportunity to tell everybody that we need socialism because socialism is working now. If you are somebody who's in, in, uh, you know, in favour of a big state um, uh, and, and to, to, to sort of take back, uh, take democracy away like a Lord Adonis type of character, mm. then you're going to be using this to, to force three. So I think largely speaking, you've just seen people go full on themselves. But again, I think going back to the MPs, I, I am, I'm incredibly disappointed with Boris, with Raab, with Priti Patel, um, with the vast majority of people who would who would uh, call themselves Brexiteers and be championing for for the sort of low uh, small state, low regulation, pro Brexit uh, type of type of world we wanted to go to. This is not it. We we are going so far away from that right now. So those are my I would say my biggest disappointments are with those people because I kind of expected much of the same for a lot of the people that you see on the list who are, um, who frankly are, are always looking to force their own agenda. I'll tell you um, who's been really um, losing it um, in, in, in a good way, and that's Martin Durkin. Um, mm. And I always think Martin Martin is, is probably about, the, the closest person politically to, to where I am. He's, he's, right. he's I, I, what a classical liberal, he believes in free markets and stuff. Um, and of course he made Brexit the movie. Yeah. And Brexit the movie was a remarkable project for a number of reasons, not least because it managed to talk about, make a very compelling argument about for Brexit without even bringing up immigration at all. Yeah. And, Martin, and I did too, to a degree, saw Brexit as an opportunity for us to become the Hong Kong, well, not, actually not the Hong Kong anymore. No. <laughs> no, no. The, the Singapore yes. of, of, yeah. of, of, of Europe. And we were going to be regulation light. We were going mm. to be, you know, the economy was just going to be on rocket fuel. It was going to be fantastic. Yeah. And he's been watching the government go in the opposite direction in mm. this in this fake crisis but what he's also presumably noticed as i've i've noticed is that the 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 brexiteers who i thought shared this goal you, you know just like autonomy and stuff and, and yeah. prosperity i thought working class people in the north and the midlands got this and that they th that it was only only kind of bleeding heart liberals in in, in the cities who 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 had the NHS religion religion and stuff, mm. but it now turns out that a lot of people who, who I, I thought were my allies were in fact just statists. They just wanted yeah. to replace the European superstate with with a kind of authoritarian British state. Yeah, I think you're right. I, I think, um, th and this is the issue again. I come back to you with Brexit, with that there were so many reasons for people to to want Brexit. It wasn't, you know, for some people it was about immigration. For some people, it was about sovereignty, whatever that meant, but basically taking taking control. For some people, it it it, it meant the the financial opportunity and the economic opportunity, and and for other people, it it it, uh, it represented all of those things. Um, 
I I think probably a lot of people who um, have voted Tory for the first time, the going back to the Red War uh, voters, um, I just think that that perhaps because the economy has been sort of almost they see it as sort of frozen in ice or, or, or just paused and, and they feel like the government's got their back on this well who cares about the economy we can just press play again and, and then everything will, will carry on and I, I think that the economy from some people's perspective is seen as this sort of thing where well you know it's it's kind of a load of posh people in bowler hats it is. and you know they've got the financial times under their arm and um you know they they probably put their feet up on dead servants and their bankers, at home. and they were bailed out by yes. the government and they caused austerity bank. yes exactly they caused austerity so so like why would you want to help the economy yeah. that's what and, and i think you know again the, the the thing that i have with this i mean you have this thing about key workers for instance you know it doesn't help calling people key workers because it gives this idea of a sort of hierarchy within the economy where some people have this degree of worthiness and they're, and they're, more and they're mostly in the public sector damn it they're mostly in the public sector but then there, then there's certain areas where the government decide okay that's important like supermarkets for example mm. early on when, when everyone was, was buying up toilet roll and cooking oil or whatever it was that we were running out of you know suddenly supermarkets mm. and delivery drivers and that's fine i mean those people are incredibly important but my point would be you know that the company who makes luxury goods for example who who you know high-end things they're just as important because they pay tax and they employ people and they buy uh, materials to manufacture things which has a downstream impact and all of these things are contributing to gdp and, um, you know, I, I saw, I think, last month, um, the government effectively didn't didn't take any VAT at all. By the time uh, by the time everything was taken into account, they made no money off VAT. And it's like, whoa, people need to be talking about this. This is this seriously matters because, you know, if you do value all of these public services, I mean, I, I have a view which I think is probably like similar to yours which is i think we can do a lot better than the nhs or our nhs but even if you take the view that the nhs is important well how are you going to pay for it i mean you, you know you're not going to have tax receipts to the same level that that you did before people are going to be working harder and longer they're going to be they're going to be squeezed um and these are all conversations that people either don't want to have or probably are being encouraged not to have yes and you know, I, I think, um, and I, the, you know, the, the the conversations I have with people who don't hold my view about the whole lockdown situation, I keep saying, look, you will be thinking along these lines. You might not be thinking it now, but this is going to to come. This home, is the story right? of my career, Dan, that, uh, and 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 certainly my investing as well. <laughs> that I'm always way way too ahead of the cycle. Right. You, you know, I mean, you can be right at the wrong time, and and it, yeah, it's it's. it's next to being wrong um that's the problem yeah you're right i mean so many people are going to be talking in this way in a few months time yeah. and they're going to be asking questions like well how do we get into this mess and the answer of course is duh you idiots yeah. you were agitating to have the lockdown kept longer yeah. because you believed all the government propaganda yeah um you gave them and i hope i really hope that people realize the impact that collectively they had on on that decision-making process because it's not as if there is a political party that's going to to buy their way out of this i mean let's look at the opposition 
they, they want more lockdown. They yes. want more. It's like saying, well, you know, we've gone socialist and we've got an opposition who want to go full on communist. I mean, it's it's that that's that is the, the choice sort of, we've got. Yeah. Um, so you know, if you fast forward to, to the next election, whenever that happens, um, there are no easy answers there and and i think what i would like to see is people taking a little bit more ownership of their decision making i mean that ultimately for, for me being vaguely libertarian is is about that it's making sure that the government stay as much out of your life as possible and you can just get on with things make your own decisions come to your own conclusions okay there's a few areas that that you do rely on on the government that's the way it is but but you want to keep that to a minimum right now our entire lives are being dictated by by government policy. Even uh, even this law they're proposing, I, I don't think it's been passed yet. Where they've effectively made casual sex illegal. Yeah, which is extraordinary, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> um, it, it's it's like this is well, isn't it in uh, in somebody else's home? Yeah. Well, no, in in your home as well. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But I mean, aren't people trying to? find a field or a yeah you path. can do it and you can do it in the but then that's probably illegal anyway it's probably illegal it? so, anyway yeah um but this is what um in the um my podcast with um dr john lee i uh, have, you, have you heard that i've one not heard that no. no, I'm, I'm one behind but, yeah but he's he's he shares this sense of bewilderment i've got that the country we've we've gone through the looking glass everything is topsy-turvy everything is completely bonkers and instead of having 350 MPs on the Conservative benches going, this is madness, we're destroying the economy, yeah. economy for nothing. We've instead got golf clubs saying things like, you know, when my mother wants to play yeah. a round of golf, now this is, when she wants to play a round of golf, they have to phone up the clubhouse, they have to book a slot, they then get to the car park, they then call the clubhouse and say, right, we're at the golf club now. Uh, they're right. Well, in, in five minutes, please proceed to point A. And when you get to point A, you'll find some hand sanitizer. Please use that. Do yeah. not, under any circumstance, touch another player's balls. Yeah. yeah. Uh, on and on it goes. And you're thinking, how many Sounds people... Sounds lovely. I mean, I, I, yeah. Who, but, who wants to play a round of golf in that? In that well, yeah, and, you, and you know, instead, instead, of, instead of the hole, they've got sand. Right. So that you don't have to... Have, <laughs> there doesn't have to be a pin. And, yeah. and so on. Uh, but... but how many people in the world do you think have contracted coronavirus during a golf game? Round of golf in the open, yeah. Doesn't you like? Yeah. Out, do you play golf outside? Don't you? I mean, doesn't yeah. that makes a difference too? Um, who, by the way, have you been particularly impressed by in the? Well, I yeah, I think um, people have fought this war in in different ways. I I think the people that you see at the top of the list. I mean. Um, Pro, we've mentioned um, Peter Hitchens. He, yes. he's, been, he's been fantastic in in very much his own way. Yes, he, he's not. I mean, you've described him. You know, he's not somebody you'd necessarily want to want to to share uh, a, a panel with because he's he's always so. Um, you know, he's not looking to to, to, to forge alliances with, with anybody. Certainly um, not. I, you don't. I would never be on a panel. I wouldn't like to be on a panel with him because he he would he would stab you. Yeah, but he but he yeah. would. I think he probably would be okay in a foxhole. Yeah. Um, David Starkey's not, uh, again, because I, I don't think he's on Twitter, I don't think he's on the list, but he was fascinating um, with, uh, I think, Peter Whittle talking through the 
um, almost like the history, I suppose, of, of how the government came to the decision. And then he was, in a very David Starkey theatrical way, referencing all these points in history that you can you can say um, you know there are some parallels with. He's been been excellent. Um, back to the to the Twitter world, uh, Laura Perrins has, has, has been brutally. Uh, Laura's, but yeah, she has. I mean, she's she's relentless. She's sworn quite, quite, quite scary, a lot. actually. Quite scary. Yeah, you wouldn't want to wrong Laura Perry. No, no, absolutely not. So she's got a very. good... In fact, I think she's head girl at the moment. She is head girl. Yeah. She is head girl, isn't yeah. she? And she's very strict. Yeah, nobody's nobody's messing with Laura. But she's quite good. She, I think she's quite good at lax and and um, what are the other games that girls play? Lacrosse. Uh, um, yeah, lacrosse. Yeah, uh, netball and rounders. She's really yeah. good at rounders. Hits it out of the park, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. I thought you were going for all the games where it's short skirts and... Well, well that's a given. Yeah, a, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so, so Laura, uh, head girl, yeah. she's been good. Um, Hector. Hector I mean, Drummond. Yeah, Hector's... And, and again, he's, he's a third Wednesday um, yeah. uh, guy. And uh, I've met Hector a few times. He's, he's a very um, unassuming... Soft-spoken. Yeah, very softly spoken. If you have a conversation with him, he listens. He's definitely not uh, sort of a, an opinionated guy, but he has done some fantastic... I mean, I, I, um, I've, I've submitted something on, on his website. I know he's done a lot with, with Toby uh, Young on, on his Lockdown Skeptics um, uh, website, and he's, he's just fantastic. He's also got a great manner on Twitter. I mean, whereas Laura's sort of brutal and to the point, he... Um, you know, he never loses his cool. He's he's very very calm with people. He'll he'll interpret the the facts and he'll give his view. So he's he's quite rightly head boy, um, deservedly so. Yes, I'm just I just I was thinking at this point. You know what? I'm, we're going to talk a bit more, but I'm actually going to say, um, if you want to listen to the, the next bit of this uh, of this podcast, you should go to my Patreon. I mean, uh, because I'm not going to put it all out. Uh, I know it's cruel, but at the same time. I kind of think I should put it in a nice way. Look, please support me on Patreon because I'm lovely and it's going really well. And, um, you know, community are really like, you know, it's called, I call it Cafe Dellingpole. It's great, isn't it? You're, you, you, you're a member. I am. Yes. And you've reminded me, actually, you put something out there earlier than I, that I was going to respond to. And I thought, no, I'll, I'll mention that earlier. You were, you were talking about uh, subscribers to Patreon. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But I was worrying about it, but actually it turns out at the beginning of the month people drop out Yes, anyway. exactly. That was going to be one of my points. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, it is fantastic. Yeah, I think it's uh, it's like, you know, well, I'd say spectator's loss is well, all of that so, game. So, okay, so I, I, I've, st- I've still got my, my TV column on the spectator, but, but I, I haven't got the me column. And, I, and I'm not going to whine or bitch about that, except to say that I do miss having the opportunity to every other week to write a thousand words on any topic, which is, which is a kind of skill I've honed over the years. And sometimes it's about stuff like, um, well, sometimes it's about politics, about climate change, or whatever, but sometimes it's random stuff like uh, my car or lack of car at the moment, or about, the time last weekend when I gave my dad a square of hash <laughs> chocolate and at 85 he had his first That's major, a great story, by the way. Major yeah. trip. It, it feels really weird writing this stuff up. Okay, so I've got just over 400 um, subscribers at the moment. And normally, you know, when you're writing to The Spectator, you're writing for 
well, they've got a big circulation now, I think 75,000 or something. Uh, it does feel unnatural, deliberately restricting your material. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to put it out elsewhere. But at the same time, I think people who support me deserve special, special rewards. So you get to read my shit when yeah. it was another way. So I'm, I, I, I don't, I, I, and, and I'm, uh, most of my stuff I'm going to keep out there free, YouTube and, and uh, Apple, what's it called, iTunes and Podbean and so on, because I believe in that. And I know there's some people who, who, who haven't got the money, especially now with this, with, with, with the, the, the depression that's coming our way. But I do kind, part of me thinks, I believe in markets, free markets. And I think if you provide a surface, you kind of, People should pay for it. Yeah, absolutely. So there's so there's my thought. So I'm ending the I'm ending this podcast now for um for the free bit, and then Dan and I got to carry on talking a bit more um for subscribers only. I've never done that before. <laughs> um, thanks, Dan. Um, thanks for coming here, and um, yes, and thanks for listening, everyone. Bye. You could hear the keyboard clatter as his thoughts went round and round. Challenging the lefties, his arguments always sound. Sitting at his computer, special friend badge on his chest, his name was Daniel, and he was the rudest tweeter in the West. Now Daniel had a hero, a man known as James Dean. He lived down in Northamptonshire and liked to drink twist tea. Some would say he led Dan astray as regards his potty mouth, but others say he was born that way and he grew up in the South. His name was Daniel. And he was the rudest tweeter in the West. Then one day disaster struck in the form of Wuhan flu. Dan was stuck at home all day with bugger all to do. One night on the sofa he fell asleep for an hour or two. And woke to find his wife had put on, have I got news for you? It startled Daniel. And he was the rudest tweeter in the West. Now Daniel saw his nemesis staring out from the TV. A man called in his look from the fucking BBC. When Daniel heard the left-wing turd, he blew up in a rage and wrote cunt and fucking bollocks all over his Twitter page. The lefties couldn't handle it. They challenged Dan online. But Dan had had six beers that night and a couple of bottles of wine. They suggested he watch something else that really riled Dan. When they said don't pay your licence fee, the shit really hit the fan. He blew his top, did Daniel? Daniel. And became the rudest tweeter in the West. Next morning on Dan's Twitter page, something wasn't right. 120 people had blocked him overnight. Some people in his WhatsApp group also took offence. But luckily, one brave man jumped to his defence. His name was Simon. He encouraged the rudest tweeter in the West. This time it seemed that Daniel's gob had landed him in the soup. It even caused Dick Dellingpole's moustache to start to droop. Was Dan condemned to tweeting without ever saying fuck? They'd rather be a sweary git than turn into a cuck. He tried to use some other words like pants and tits and poo. But when it comes to the BBC, only fucking cunt will do. Watching all his P's and Q's would cause him such distress. He might as well wear a rainbow flag and clap the NHS. Who says that profanity is really such a crime? Would they expect him to keep it clean whilst watching Question Time? 
So Daniel made a pledge that night with his hand upon his chest. He'd carry on with his potty mouth and bollocks to the rest. Happy birthday, Daniel. Daniel. You are the rudest treater in the West.